The Nikki Byrne Show with Jenny Green. The Nikki Byrne Show with Jenny Green. Yeah. 2FM. Now he is here, ladies and gentlemen. He's with his bulging bag of sporting knowledge, Mick McCarthy. Welcome to the studio. How are you? Jenny, good. Very good. Now, um, I just before we get into the first story, because I saw this over the weekend, this video is incredible. It's really powerful. But I just said to you before we came on air, and I said, Mick, do you say Nike or Nike? And you said, look, I'll say Nike and I'll get annihilated for it. I think it is it is Nike, but the problem is I feel like I sound stupid when I say it. Yeah, so I say Nike because that's what the company call it, and they're yeah. really the only ones who decide Good on that thing. But yeah, in, in, in Ireland, or especially in Dublin, you say Nike. Nike. You know, so, and so you're, it is you're, Nike. You're, you're pretentious and a bit of an Egypt if you at don't. The, but, it's a bit like yeah. Barcelona. So <laughs> at the risk of that, tell us a little bit about Nike's new Just Do It campaign. It kicked off uh, during prime time viewing on Sunday in the US for the during the Oscars mm. yeah on Sunday night so this is a great ad I have to say uh, so Nike or Nike will be you know they'll get good press and they'll get bad press you know so they're off the back of a really bad week for them um, which we won't go into too much but basically mm. Uh, one of the the next big thing in US basketball is playing his kind of one year in college before he goes to the NBA Zion Williamson is his name and last week he got a really scary injury when his Nike shoe basically exploded the Nike shoe that he is wearing because of the college sponsorship this guy doesn't get paid obviously I didn't see this uh, yeah but but it was a scary injury but doesn't mm. look like it's that bad so it's not going to cost him his career or his draft pick next year he's still going to go to the up. NBA the shoe kind of just like blew up might be an exaggeration kind of but the shoe kind of exploded and his uh, his his knee went out because of it. God. Nike stock dropped 1.1 billion dollars the next day. Oh my it God. has since recovered and everything. And one of the reasons it recovered is because while that might not be a bad news story for them, this is this is exactly what a sports company should be doing. It works out for them and also it sends a brilliant message. If anyone hasn't seen the ad, it's called the Dream Crazier Just Do It campaign, where Serena Williams. Um, narrates an ad which basically lists all the things that women are the double standards I suppose that are applied to women in sport and we all know are true and we've all seen them a thousand times like you know instead of uh, saying that somebody is passionate they'll say they're being dramatic other pejorative terms like nuts delusional um, unhinged hysterical and then she there's find- one of the scene of one of the one of the basketballers in it and she's kind of getting shouted at by the ref and she loses the head as anybody would in a tense game like mm. that where there's a lot at stake and then as they said as Serena Williams says she is described then as unhinged unhinged yeah not being a sports person not being in the middle of a really important game but unhinged but if, yeah. whereas if a man had done that on a similar game it wouldn't have been called that yeah no I might be saying he's losing it a little bit but yeah. it's not defining him as a character which often is the problem problem with um, the way women you know that even when they do wrong it's sometimes more than just this person has lost it you know yeah. it's, it's a bigger issue and she finally settles on the word crazy which is obviously another one of those terms and then they settle into the other the second part of the ad act two which is but was it crazy for a woman to try and win a marathon and they show the clip of not it, it's not the famous story of Catherine Switzer the, mm. who, who ran the Boston Marathon and was basically taken off because I thought it was an issue so when I started I, yeah, watching it yeah. Yeah. and so it was another another time this happened and then lots of other re, like a woman uh, slam dunking boxing which made us think of our own Katie Taylor and lots of other things you know Serena definitely you know gets a mention in about herself you know yeah. winning her 23 grand People slams said come, I couldn't, she couldn't come back again she couldn't do it she couldn't have a baby and come yeah. back and she couldn't and she was like but I did yeah funny this enough funny. her ones didn't stand out for me as much as no. the rest of them but I, they, <laughs> they needed to get it in that's fine but it's just a, it's it's this great, brilliant message and it all it all ends with just a really really good line so if you want to call if, if they want to call you crazy 
fine, show them what crazy can do, which is a great line. Right, I understand, and people are going to listen to this segment, we're talking about a sportswear company's advertising campaign, and I understand that, but the messaging is so good. And one of the things that they've got through on this as well that I feel is really important is they have a billboard campaign to go along with this and lots of kind of inspiring message with stills of people in the the, um, ad, like Simone Biles or, or someone like that. But the message... One of them that I found really, really good was be the hero you didn't have. And I think that this is what sets this up is that like women need to, when you hear any study about girls and sport is that there aren't enough role models. And we were talking about Katie Taylor here a couple of weeks ago about mm. how she inspires that next generation of, of, yeah. of young girls who know that they can do something in sport and, and there, are, there aren't enough of those. So it's like, if you have to be the first of something, don't make sure you're not the last, you know, and that there, there's that responsibility of to be almost a pioneer, you know? So it's, it's a really, really good message and kind of on the back of what they did with Colin Kaepernick earlier this year. And so they're just, they're, really hitting out of the park at the moment as we say I know it is a it's an ad for a sports brand but leaving that aside it's such a powerful message and take you know from it that as opposed to what they're actually promoting itself in their own brand Um, but definitely if you haven't seen it yet uh, have a little look for it on YouTube it is it is brilliant. Now, anyone who watched uh, the video of this online found it really awkward. Um, Chelsea, find a goalkeeper. Tell us about this one. Oh, my God. Right. So, so Kepa, we'll just call him. Um, he's known by his Do you nickname, notice why Kepa. I stopped and I let yeah. you take over there? Because I said, I'm not even going to attempt it's, that surname. Uh, Ari- Arisa Balaga. Arita Balaga, I suppose, is probably the best way to describe it. He's a Spanish goalkeeper who cost Chelsea a lot of money during the year and is known generally by his nickname, Kepa. So... What happened? This was unbelievable. So I was out in an event uh, for the Six Nations on Sunday for the Italy-Ireland game. So I wasn't watching the end of what was ultimately the Carabao Cup final, the League Cup final between Chelsea and Man City, which was nil all right in the last minute and it's about to go to penalties. 119 minutes gone where the, the Chelsea goalkeeper Kepa had gone down with cramp, which is a strange thing in, in itself for a goalkeeper to have. And one of the things that people are talking about a lot is like, why does a goalkeeper have cramp? How could that happen? So the manager who's under a lot of pressure... Is it not possible that could happen? It's a very unusual. I'm that, thinking, look, I'm picture the scene right sometimes you wake up in the morning right and you stretch out and you just bend your leg a bit too much and you go could he have been doing that when he was standing in the goal possibly but you would think that he's pretty much warmed up unlike we would be when we're in bed after playing 119 minutes (laughs) (laughs) so this is what happened or they're saying this is what happened anyway so so that was that was a fact and then what happened was the manager Maurizio Sarri who we talked about only last week has been really really under pressure and possibly on his way out and possibly losing the players, decided, I'll make a substitution. He brought on Willy Caballero, who was former Manchester City goalkeeper and a penalty specialist. So he knows the players he's playing against, and he's very good at this anyway. It makes perfect sense. Uh, Kepa decides, no, I'm fine. I don't need to come off. I'm not injured. This goes on for a long time. I, As I said, I was coming home. I'm following this on Twitter, yeah. and it's like, I can't believe it. And it's one of those ones that when you finally saw it, you weren't disappointed. And it was... The whole anyone who watches football has literally never seen this before. A player just refusing to come off the I pitch. I saw the clip. I never. I was like, "What is going on there?" The board and everything was out. It, it was an official substitution. Being Get made. off the pitch now! He refuses <laughs> it. This goes on forever. People are at home shouting at their televisions because they've never seen the like of it. Such, such blatant disregard for authority. 
and eventually they decide not to go on it. Sarri is completely lost ahead. He tries to storm out of the pitch at Wembley. He goes, tries to go down the tunnel, gets as far as the entrance to the tunnel and seems to just change his mind, come back onto the pitch. The, Chelsea lose the penalty shootout. He saves one, should have saved another, but they lose they, and Manchester City win the, the League Cup. And afterwards, the interviews straight away, everybody's got their ducks in a row. It was a massive misunderstanding. But to those of us who watched it, it didn't look like a massive misunderstanding. And to those of us like me who hadn't a clue what was going on, we thought it was very enjoyable. Oh, it was. Do you so know what? It was you. very enjoyable. I don't think I, I, I got a real sense of excitement about seeing something just completely different and new. You need that every once yeah, in a while. These yeah. things get boring after a while. But look, stay with us there, Mick. Uh, we've got a couple more stories we're going to be talking about. The Nikki Byrne Show with Jenny Green. Weekdays from 10. Boxer Kelly Harrington is um, making it clear that she doesn't see Amy Broadhurst as a threat. This was a good one. It was, it was. So, you know, it's a very positive story as well, in my mind anyway, because we're talk- we mentioned Katie Taylor earlier. And one of the things that, you know, needs to happen when anybody breaks through is that kind of next generation. And Kelly Harrington coming through and all like being like such a good boxer and then winning a world title last year meant, you know, that lineage is secure. Yeah. And, you know, that, that Irish women's boxing is not just going to be Katie Taylor forever. And Kelly has obviously stepped up. Now, one of the person that wants to knock Kelly off her perch is Amy Broadhurst. And she's someone that we talked about on the show as well because she won a bronze medal at that same world championships and was you know wasn't too happy with the the, the judging and the refereeing and everything like that and it is is a fairly outspoken person uh, person herself for for a 22 year old who's um, still to make it but um what i found very interesting about this was yesterday that kelly harrington was um at an event she's at a, a, a she was actually launching the dare to believe for the irish olympic council which is an interesting thing in itself given what we were talking about with the nike ad yeah um, she's gone around the primary schools talking about the importance of getting involved in sports and stuff like that so a really really good mm-hmm. um, idea in itself and Kelly was reacting to the idea that she had basically cast aside uh, Amy Broadhurst out of her weight division so that she could have it all to herself so what happened was Kelly beat Amy in the 60 kgs um, final last year and this year uh, Amy didn't compete in the 60 kg she moved up to 64 and obviously went on world championships and everything like that but the move was she moved aside so Kelly was having absolutely none of that and came out <laughs> yesterday uh-huh. talked about the fact that she wasn't and, and you know talking about rivalries eventually gets to well no actually she didn't have the balls to step up and take the chance herself it does annoy me a little bit I didn't ask her oh will you please step back or anything she done it because she didn't want to fight me and that's it take a shot like and she's dismissing the fact that it's even a rivalry at all. And and is there anything that says more that something is a rivalry? And and it's just, it's a classic sports story because you have the established person, then the person kind of nipping at their heels coming to try and knock them off their perch. That person kind of going, now, she, she referred to Amy a lot in the interview as the young one. Which I oh. really, really like as well, you know. So I think there's, I think there's respect there. I don't yeah. think, uh, but there's definitely a lot of kind of come on. Who do you think you are here? I'm you gonna know? have to play Taylor Swift for the two of them again. After this. <laughs> uh, right, and um, this this is another one. We have a clip as well. Uh, never make real friends a professional sport because this will happen. Have a listen. Henrik, we saw your uh, tweet, your Instagram about Matt's uh, after spending nearly a decade with him. Now that he is officially. On Dallas, just a word on on what he's meant to you, uh, on and off the ice, and what he's meant to this team. It's tough. Good friend. <clears throat> Sorry. I can't do it. 
<laughs> okay, Nick, we need some background. To right. This. So this is this to me this in layman's is, terms. First of all, I'm going to give you the sport, which yep. is ice hockey, the mm-hmm. NHL. So you can, you know, the stereotype of the the toothless goon. Yes, and, I do. You know, so it's it's a hard man sport. Yeah. You know, big guys. You know, not not normally known to show their emotions no, on their tough. sleeve like that. So there you go. That's the first point. So the New York Rangers. That was uh, Henrik. Uh, Lundqvist who is basically a lifer he's been there I think since 2005 and since 2010 for nine years which is a long time in professional sports a long time in any friendship he has been teammates with Matt Zuccarello and Matt was traded um, out of nowhere basically the night before this game he was traded by the team to Dallas and that can happen in American sports you don't generally you sign a contract but it's not like unlike in football here you know, so it can just go quickly like that overnight. The, the team controls your contract, so they can send you to a different team and you have to move cities and you're gone. But it's funny because we get you, you get very hard-nosed in professional sport about this is just this is my job, you know, friendships are great, but ultimately this is where I'll go. And you know, you move on if somebody's left behind and maybe you're disappointed for the team. But you you very rarely think about the personal relationships, and these guys have been best mates for nine years, and he's traded out of nowhere, and he's been interviewed about it, and you can see there that he's genuinely talk. upset about it and can't actually talk about it, and I think it's a reminder sometimes about the kind of human side of friendship and everything like that, and that actually exists within professional sport, and it isn't just this kind of hard nosed business that sometimes it's, it's portrayed as, I didn't know as, really know? the background to that when I played that clip but now yeah. I'm, got, I'm kind of glad I didn't. It's kind of sad, like, I wouldn't have been upset now <laughs> playing it but going into it. Take Poor me Henry. Much, Mick. Uh, now our final one today is um, is about Elton John. So tell us a bit about this. Of all this. people. Yes. Yeah, so people will know that Elton John is a massive football fan and a massive um, Watford fan. So he was the chairman and owner of Watford even in the 70s and 80s and had huge success bringing them from the fourth division all the way up to the top division in, in, in the league. They got to an FA Cup final and he was always involved. Uh, he ended up stepping down from his like day-to-day operations in 2002. This is all while he's one of the biggest music stars in the world, you know. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's still kind of just running football club, you know, casual little um, thing to do but he's been an honorary president they named a stand after him in Vicarage Road all of that so everybody knows that he's interested what I was so unaware of is how much Elton John is still involved and still knows the game and watches enough football inside out that he's apparently in daily contact with the Watford chairman um, Scott Dugsbury to recommend players that Watford should buy and he's not again I don't think he's somebody that's just on the end of the phone kind of being the annoying honorary president well I was going to ask you that because I wondered was he going well, Watford again I don't care Watford are currently uh, flying high in 7th in the Premier League like one of their highest uh, positions ever they're doing as well as could possibly be imagined for a club of that size and uh, the chairman anyway in his interview was talking about how Elton has a, a keen eye for the he talks about how the team have done what players they should be looking at who they should be going after suggested to me like he's definitely so uh, he's still definitely has a bit of an influence responsible for, for some of the success that yeah. is being on and my favourite bit it said while Elton is bringing the curtain down his musical career in two years time he certainly hasn't let the sun go down on his involvement with Watford yeah. just yet well he doesn't see it as a sacrifice <laughs> no. uh, Mick a pleasure as always thank you very much for coming into us this week and uh, hopefully we'll have Nicky back with you next week as well he's, he's missing out I think he's suffering withdrawal symptoms from talking <laughs> yeah. about soccer uh, thank you Mick Jenny Green.